Good morning. Welcome to Church of the Palms. So nice to see you this morning. A couple of announcements this morning. First, please remember to continue to wear your mask. We appreciate um, all of our patients with the ways that this seems like a hassle, but um, we ask that you continue to wear them even if you've had your vaccine. A couple of things about this coming Holy Week and Easter Sunday. So the registration is now open for the Easter Sunday services on our website. In addition, we're having a service for Maundy Thursday at 6.30 p.m. on Thursday, and then a Good Friday service on Friday at 6.30. You can attend those here in person in the sanctuary, but they'll also be live streamed so you can enjoy those from home, worship with us from home. Uh, In addition, we are on Easter Sunday going to have the Lido Beach Sunrise Service. So if that is something that you have done, you get to do it again this year. And if you haven't, it's a really special service. It's on Lido Beach near the pavilion at 6.30 a.m. And you get to watch the sunrise and worship our risen Lord. So um, you don't have to sign up for that, but you do need to remember to bring your own chair because we're not bringing chairs this year, so you don't have to sit in the sand. Please remember to bring your own chair or blanket. Uh, finally, relating to Easter, um, there's an opportunity to sponsor Easter flowers here in the Campus Center. You can do that on our website. There's a form there that you can fill out, fill out in any amount to sponsor flowers, either in memory of or in honor of someone special in your life. Also coming up this week, we have the uh, a new Teze service premiering on Saturday the 27th at 8 a.m. It'll be available on Facebook and YouTube and our website. If you haven't watched any of the Teze services that we have uh, pr- produced, um, it's really a wonderful experience. It's very quiet and contemplative, prayerful service. And so there'll be a new one this coming Saturday. But in addition, there's a whole library of them now. Um, and it's a very enriching worship service. And I invite you to check that out. We are continuing to take registrations for the April 24th event, Be Still and Be Well. This is a women's retreat from 9.30 to 2 in the Palm Center on April 24th. It is a mind-body-spirit connection retreat, and there'll be yoga and movement and Bible study and worship. It sounds just wonderful. So you can sign up for that on the website. If you're a member here at the Church of the Palms and you intend to um, attend that, please reach out to Susan Neisler in the Palm Center because she'll give you a discount code for that event. A bit of good news this week from Pastor Lori that she and Anita Lustria have decided to continue their Lectio Divina class. It meets on Zoom on Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. And you don't have to come every week. You can drop in one Wednesday and then have to miss the next. Um, It's an opportunity to study scripture and then reflect on it and share with one another. A really powerful opportunity to gather with Pastor Lori and Anita. Again, on Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. via Zoom, you can find the information and the link for that on our website. And they will meet during Holy Week and then through the summer. I'd like to now recognize we have a couple of new members Um, to our congregation. We have Norma and David Hughes who have joined us and Justin McCormick and James Taylor or 
Justin McCormick and James Taylor, and Norma and David Hughes. So this is Norma and David. And we welcome them into our faith family and um, encourage you to consider membership in the church. It really is just a way to say we are family to one another and we share a mission of loving God and loving neighbor as best we can with one another. I'm going to share now with you a video from Cedar Kirk. Miss Carol is very brave and headed off into the woods with over 20 third through fifth grade students. She did return, mostly intact, uh, but uh, what, what a great experience for these kids who especially this year have a lot, of, um, a lot of time inside and restrictions and whatnot. So please enjoy this brief video. Because COVID happened, we couldn't go to Cedar Kirk with Traditionally, we do a spring bash where we take third through fourth through fifth graders and we sleep in cabins. It's a 24-hour retreat. We decided maybe we do our own event, so we took 23 kids and um, a bunch of adults out to the woods for the day. Um, some of the things we got to do were we, we were on a, um, a high zip line, which the kids love. Many of them have never, you know, really don't get a, ch a time to, to explore the woods and be outside um, in Florida because it's kind of hot. A lot of kids spend a lot of time inside. We had an outdoor worship service with the kids and the families. One of our favorite things to do was in the afternoon we went down to the, the little river there and we took our shoes and socks off and just walked through the, the shallow river and uh, the kids sifted for shark's teeth and got a bunch of old shark's teeth exploring and wild and fun and there was no schedule. The great thing is that so many kids are so scheduled today and they're so, um, you know, there's sports and there's school and there's so many rules. We just try to give these kids a chance to unplug and to be in the great outdoors, God's great creation. We had, we had a chance to do a nature walk and um, after our chapel, we, um, we split up into groups and, uh, you know, just basically learned about things we don't normally notice out in the woods. And the kids had a great time just being kids. Um, we shared the creation of God. We praised out in the woods together and we ran with sticks. It was great. Um, kids were introduced to something that maybe they wouldn't normally be exposed to and so that's what I love so much about Cedar Kirk is that it's like untouched woods and it's beautiful. Looks like fine, no. <laughs> I think we should plan a congregation trip out to Cedar Kirk and run with sticks. Join me now as we read together the affirmation of faith, which can be found on the front of your bulletin. Let us pray. We believe that flowers need the rain. We believe that humans need community. We believe that bodies need rest. We believe that hearts need connection. We believe that mornings need sunrise. We believe that seasons need change. We believe that grief needs space. We believe that change needs time. We believe that love needs security. 
We believe that pain needs art. We believe that joy needs company. We believe that our spirits need God. Again and again, our spirits need God. Fortunately for us, we trust that God is here. God is at work in our lives. God is a lighthouse keeper that never gives up. Thanks be to God. Amen. All right, as we stand in worship, just remember that God is a lighthouse. We're going to sing together about that. In my wrestling and in my doubts, in my failures, you won't walk out. Your great love will lead me through. You are the peace in my troubled sea. Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea. Put your hands together. In the silence you won't let go In my questions your truth will go There we go Your great love will lead me through You are the peace in my troubled sea Oh, you are the peace in my troubled sea Sing loud My lighthouse My lighthouse Shining in the darkness, I will follow you. My lighthouse, my lighthouse, I will trust the promise. You will carry me safe to shore.
hands together. Give thanks to the Lord, a God and King. His love endures forever. For His good, He is above all things. His love endures forever. Sing praise. Sing praise. With a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, His love endures forever. For the life that's been reborn. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. We are at the time in our service where we get to worship God with our tithes and our offerings for it. Those of you at home, there are four different ways to give, and we can give those ways as well, or we can give in the basket as we leave. And as the mic runners come forward on each side of me here, we just want to thank you for your generosity and for continuing to partner with us as we love God and love neighbor. Prayers of the people are really one of my favorite parts of this worship service, that we get to hold each other up with our joys and our concerns. And the mic runners are going to come out if you are so brave to raise your hand and they will give you the mic so that you can speak into it and they'll sanitize it when they um, get it back from you. So I'd love to um, let you know who our mic runners are. I'm Olivia Mason and I'm a senior at Venice High School. I'm Ethan Howell, and I'm one of the volunteer leaders with the youth group. How can we be praying for each other on this day? 
Ah, Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a friend whose mother passed away about a week ago. Um, so prayers for her and her family. Yeah. What's your friend's name? Matika. Matika. Thank you. Um, so as we think of Matika this week, I'm sure we can think of other people who are grieving and who will need great prayers of comfort and peace. How else? Thank you. This is the first time I've done this. I have a cousin who's a physician, and she has just had her fourth surgery for breast cancer. Uh, she's the most compassionate and intelligent and wise person I know, and um, it frightens me what her future is, but she's a woman of great faith, and I hope that the congregation here will pray for her as I am doing. Yeah. What is her first name? Karen. Karen. Yes. Yeah, thank you for your first time, and I'm sorry it wasn't news of great joy, but we'll hopefully get another report back from Karen. And think about all the people that we know who have been touched with cancer, and that Karen gets to be our face today as we remember her and all of those people and the, the strength that it takes for them and their families. So thank you for lifting that up. So happy to see people here who haven't been here because of not having their vaccine. Well, this relates to that a little bit Thanks. because um, I just want to remind everybody, please stay masked up. One of our parishioners, who is a lot younger than I am, mm. Scott Fulton, contracted COVID this week. And he's had sort of a, he's doing okay, but he's had sort of a rough time with it. Yeah. So just pray for him to have a complete and, mm -hmm. and fast recovery because some of these people, when it comes back again and the symptoms come back, have to struggle with it for a long time. But just remember it's still there and people like Scott are, and all of us really are still vulnerable to it. Thank you, Sue. Yeah, so we'll definitely lift up Scott and for all the people that are still dealing with the effects. Thank you. Olivia. Um, last night at the Sarasota County Fair, there was a shooting, and I don't know how many people got shot. I think it's one to three. I'm not sure how many. I got different stories, but I know some people were hurt and killed, so... Yeah. Thank you for that. I saw the headline, but I hadn't seen extra um, news on it. So certainly keeping those families in our prayers. Thank you for that. Anything else that we can be lifting up in prayer together? All right. So on the back of your bulletin, you will see our new um, prayer of confession. And as you know, it changes every week. And Olivia is going to read today the all parts with you when we get to that. Um, and so we just are going to trust God to carry all of those prayers that we've named aloud. And hopefully we will pray as well throughout the week. And now let us turn towards this prayer of confession. Let us pray. Gracious God, we want to see you. We want to be known as the people who looked for Jesus. But not only that, we want to be people who have your covenant written on our hearts. Why do we feel so far away from that at times? What went wrong? Where did we lose our way? Could you, 
would you once again write on our fragile hearts, we would be so grateful. Amen. Friends, despite our wonderings, despite our distractions, despite wrong turns time and time again, we are known and loved by God. Like a lighthouse keeper by the sea, God will never stop waving us home. So hear and believe the good news of the gospel. Our fragile bones are held by the great creator. Our fragile hearts are loved by the great creator. Our tender spirits are forgiven by the great creator. Today is a new day. Again and again we are forgiven. Again and again we are reformed. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. So our scripture today is taken from the book of Proverbs, the third chapter, verses 3 through 8. Hear the word of God. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely upon your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. By your grace, O oh God, and through your mercy, we pray that you will allow these words to come to point to the word just read and to the word made flesh in Jesus the Christ, where we pray this in his name. Amen. <clears throat> so this morning we continue in our series on the fruit of the Spirit, and in particular on the fruit of the Spirit of faithfulness. We have been looking at the various signs of God's faithfulness found in Scripture and in other places. A couple weeks ago, we looked at the rainbow and the story of Noah. Last week, Lori talked to us about the baptismal font. And today, we look at the wedding ring, the sign of the faithfulness that we pledge when we marry someone. Marriage is a covenant and an institution the, filled with all sorts of gravity and expectation and emotion, and trial by error, and mystery, the odds of which are around still 50% as to reaching the goal the couple set out for at the beginning of it all. Some of you have been married to the same person for a long time. Others have been divorced, others remarried, others widowed, others never having ventured. And because of all these states, we have very mixed emotions about marriage, pride, contentment, Hurt, anger, satisfaction, grief, doubt, celebration, you name it, you will find it in the baggage called marriage. So, how then to preach about the faithfulness to which we aspire in the covenant of marriage? Well, this morning I want you to imagine that you are a fly on the wall of my study and you are witnessing a conversation between myself and a couple who are hoping and planning to get married. 
As with most couples who come to see me, they consider themselves madly in love and on the fast track to the big day in the big party. Not much to talk about to this pastor in their minds, they say. So with pretty much every couple I marry, I request that they take an inventory that helps me to understand the dynamics of their relationship and the areas that present opportunities for growth. And we typically meet for about three or four sessions and explore the uniqueness of their relationship. No one really quite understands what they're getting into when they get married. Most of what you learn about marriage is not something you read about or understand before you get married. It's something that you have to experience. I'm well aware that my counsel to a couple before they get married is really only about planting seeds that might be remembered down the road when they meet up with some of the unexpected twists and turns of every marriage. I am not a marriage counselor. I know just enough to make me dangerous. So we uh, begin this journey together, and I share with couples my pastoral perspective on what it is that they might anticipate in this journey that they plan to embark upon. If ever there was a human institution through which people get to explore the fruit of faithfulness, it is the institution of marriage. We agree to a whole lot when we exchange vows and rings before God and family and friends, and we promise the moon when we promise to be a faithful, lifelong partner with somebody else. And there are all sorts of things that can undermine that hope and dream, things avoidable and things unavoidable. Marriage is, after all, two broken human beings coming together, and what could go wrong with that scenario? So again, Put yourself as a fly on the wall of my study and listen in as I, in monologue form, share with this couple what faithfulness might look like as they prepare to start the lifelong journey together. It's so good to see the two of you this afternoon. Thank you for coming in and spending some time to think about what it means to embark upon this sacred journey of two becoming one and seeking to be faithful to each other as you commit to this lifelong partnership. I want to begin by asking you to imagine that you as a couple are in a sailboat in a harbor. Let's imagine the harbor over at Marina Jacks in the middle of town. You're in the boat because you decided to get married, and right now you're making plans to get the boat ready for the big day when you will taxi your vessel out to the harbor's entrance and past the breakwaters and to the open seas. You will be hoisting the sails, and you will be piloting upon the open seas, and this is what is marriage. The open seas are different than the safety of the harbor. On your wedding day, the sky is blue, the sun is beaming, all is well with the world. You may have done a little sailing together, but not much, and you most certainly have no idea as to what awaits you once the land of your former life fades from view. Now it's just you and you and the sails and the water and the winds and the waves and whatever circumstances that await you in your life together. And it is these set of circumstances that await you that will be experienced only by you. That's the thing. No boat, once it starts its voyage, experiences the same conditions. 
No marriage travels the same course. No marriage manages through the same circumstances. Every partnership faces different things, elements around them, and more importantly, perhaps, elements within them. You just do not know what's going to come. That's an important thing to keep in mind. No boat, no marriage encounters the same elements. Different crew, different winds, different waves, different weather, different destination. It's important to remember that because what you may want to do is compare yourself to the other boats. Why can't we be like that couple? Why can't we have a marriage like these people? Well, guess what? You can't. Different boat, different elements different directions. Instead, you get to focus on supporting each other and partnering with each other as you face the unique elements around you and within you. There's, often, there's a quote I too often use from Viktor Frankl, a Holocaust survivor, when he said, it's not what we expect from life that matters, it's what life expects from us. And for each couple setting sail upon the open seas of marriage, life expects something different. And your strength and your resolve and your prayer and your love and your compassion and your grace and your wisdom will be most certainly expected of you. And what you'll discover when you get out onto those open seas is how little you know about yourself. Most folks think that the greatest challenge of marriage is knowing and understanding your partner, when actually perhaps just as significant a challenge is knowing and understanding yourself. You are a mystery even to you. There are feelings inside of you that you have yet to explore. You are still trying to figure yourself out, and so is your partner. Marriage is the vessel, then, in which that happens. All while we're hoisting sails and lowering booms and tying lines and battening down hatches and taking cover and paying bills and raising children and cutting the lawn and saving for college. It's thrilling, maddening, life-threatening and rewarding all at the same time. And somewhere at the beginning of it all, we said we loved each other. And we were pretty sure we knew what, we, what that meant when we set sail. But then when the sea gets rough and the winds pick up and the boat takes on a little water, it's then that we really discover the different things that love is supposed to mean. And we hear the wisdom teacher tell us that we are to bind loyalty and faithfulness around our necks and write them on the tablets of our hearts. And this loyalty and faithfulness makes us realize that it's not just what I think. It's not just what you think. It's what you and I together with God, it's what we think. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and rely not upon your own understanding because when the waves get rough and the winds get strong, what we need most is each other. God, you, me, loyalty and faithfulness to each other. This three-person crew, what we need most because we are piloting this boat together is together trying to figure this thing out which is a whole lot easier said than done because the two of you are human beings. And so not only are you trying to figure out how to keep the ship afloat, you're trying to figure out yourself and you're trying to figure out the other person in the boat. And just as you think you have figured out the other person in the boat, they change. They change. They're growing. 
They're becoming someone different. So much of marriage is helping each other become what they are becoming. Marriage is two coming together to support each other as the other changes. At, at some point, you are supposed to look at each other in your marriage and say, you're not the person I married. Bingo. 100 bonus points for the couple that not only says that to each other, but celebrates it. Life has too many discoveries, too many turns, too many surprises for us not to think that we will be molded into somebody different. The school of hard knocks knocks us about and reshapes us and teaches us and forms us into new beings. And it is the love and the loyalty and the faithfulness that holds it all together. And it is the love that reminds us that each of you is sacred and fragile. You are agreeing to partner with someone who is sacred and fragile. And life gets busy, and life sends you a thousand different directions, and life is stressful, and life would have you forget that your sailing partner is sacred and fragile. And sacred and fragile things demand our attention. Pay attention. No swinging the boom without looking. Because this sacred and fragile person you've chosen as a partner is a person filled with all sorts of feelings, hard to understand feelings, so that usually when you get into a little disagreement or into a big disagreement or into a passionate debate or into World War III, the sacred and fragile thing before you is this bundle of feelings. And what you most want to understand are those feelings. You never want to win a fight. There's no winning a fight in a marriage. If you've won a fight, then you have increased the chance of losing the war. What you want is to understand and honor the feeling behind the anger or the hurt or the disappointment or the grief or the stress or the exhaustion because that's what partners do. They understand and honor the elements on the inside while they connect with the elements on the outside. And for some, there comes a time when something happens or doesn't happen and there starts this little seed of doubt. There starts this question about whether or not I've chosen the right partner. And that can be very scary when that happens because then that must mean that your marriage has something really wrong with it while you're entertaining these thoughts and questions. And maybe some do have serious issues and some are so serious that they do need to separate. But that doesn't have to necessarily be the case. Most marriages have doubts and questions. Most people discover things they wish were different in their partner. Most would like to dream about being married to the ideal partner, but there is no ideal partner because there is no ideal human being. What's the old adage? Pity the man who's looking for the ideal woman. Pity him more when he finds her. Marriage is not about ideals. Marriage is about the partner you've chosen to love and you love them for the mystery and the surprise and the limitations and the changes they bring. And they are trying to do the same for you. 
That is why I say to couples like you that once you've chosen the one whom you, with whom you will partner on this crazy journey of life, what you are now entering in is the great lavatory of love. And there's nothing quite like it. You've submitted yourselves for this great experiment that will show you what love really does look like. And you will wonder what sails to put up and what sails to take down. You'll wonder who should be at the till and who should be below deck. You'll wonder what commands need to be shouted what advice needs to be whispered and when it is best to say nothing at all. And you will try to figure out what kind of sailors you are and what kind of sailors you want to be and it will be scary and it will be exhilarating and there will be days of placid seas and lounging in the stern and there will be days of all hands on deck and every day will be the experiment of love and you will learn something more you didn't know about yourself and about your partner and you will give thanks for the grace that came your way from the one who put you together and from the one who said yes to you. Which I suppose is how I should end with grace. There is a little prayer I pray at most weddings I conduct and a part of it goes like this. O oh Lord, give them a great spiritual purpose in life. May they seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then the other things shall be added unto them. Loving you best, they shall love each other the more, and being faithful to you, faithful to each other they will be. May they not expect that perfection in each other that belongs only to you. May they minimize each other's weaknesses and be swift to praise the points of strength and see each other through a lover's kind and patient eyes. Give them a little something to forgive each day that they may grow in grace. And may they be as patient with each other's faults as you are with theirs. Give them, O oh Lord, enough tears to keep them tender, enough hurts to keep them human, enough of failure to keep their hands clenched tightly in yours, and enough of success to make them sure they walk with God. And may they never take each other's love for granted, but always experience that breathless wonder that exclaims, out of all this world, you have chosen me. It is by grace we are saved, writes the Apostle. It's by grace that we save each other. And it's by grace that we bind loyalty and faithfulness as yokes and etch them upon our hearts. And it's by grace that we hold on to each other while we hold on to the lines which hold the sails, which hold the wind, that guide the ship on calm or stormy seas. Blessings to you as you make your way to the harbor's edge and as you set sail on unchartered waters. Let us pray. O oh, gracious God, we give you thanks for your faithfulness to us. And we thank you for the great gift of the covenant of marriage in which we get to experience what faithfulness looks like and feels like. What does it mean to be loyal and faithful, binding those around our neck and etching them upon our hearts? Allow us, O oh God, 
to experience your Holy Spirit at work within us as we seek to live out the life that you intend for us. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you for the privilege we have of doing life with you and doing life with one another. And we thank you for the joy and the challenge that comes in the partnerships that we forge in this life. And we pray that you will give us this great gift of faithfulness, that we may be faithful to those that you give us, that we may be partners with those that we choose to share life together with. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with you now and forevermore. Amen.